Hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. Canada's newest ultra-low-cost carrier, Lynx Air, will be taking off with their inaugural flight later this week. So in a few moments, we're going to chat with the CEO of Lynx Air to learn more about the airline and what to expect from it in the coming months. Then we'll head to Memphis, Tennessee, home to the Hyatt-centric Beale Street Memphis Hotel, located within walking distance of the city's famed entertainment district and historic landmarks. And then later in the podcast, we'll visit Costa Rica and find out about a fantastic newer development that is car-free and located right on the beach. It's an area known as Las Catalinas. But as I mentioned, we're going to begin our podcast this week talking about one of Canada's newest ultra-low-cost air carriers, Lynx Air which will be taking off with their inaugural flight later this week. So joining us now is the CEO of Lynx Air, Marin MacArthur, to tell us more about the airline and what to expect from it in the coming months. The website is flylynx.com. Hi, Marin. Hi, Randy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Tell me the story behind Lynx Air and what you're all about. Right, well, Lynx Air is Canada's new ultra-affordable airline, and we're about to launch in less than two weeks now. We're counting down the um, days to launch. We're putting the finishing touches on our um, on our airline so that we'll be ready to welcome uh, Canadians on board in just under two weeks' time. Well, it's very exciting, and uh, I, like I always say, more competition is a good thing for consumers. But I, I, I have to ask, and I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, uh, Canada's history with uh, low-cost or ultra-low-cost airlines has not been good. Uh, what have you learned uh, from other airlines in the past? Yeah, look, it's it's interesting. You can probably tell from my accent that I'm from Australia, so I've I've been living in Canada since June last year, so I've been listening and learning to Canadians about the market dynamics. And the, the feedback I'm getting is that... Uh, one, there's an education piece around what uh, our model is and uh, an assumption that because the fares are low, that we might provide a lesser service. And we want to re- redefine that. We don't believe that uh, low fares uh, and low cost mean low value. Uh, we've got a great team of passionate people who've, flown, who've worked in airlines for a long, long time and they know uh, what customers want and... Uh, we're going to empower them to give customers what they want. So we're going to be flying brand new Boeing 737 aircraft, so the in-flight experience will be really positive as well. And we've got a transparent transparent pricing structure so that people know uh, what they're getting when they pay for it. Yeah, and that's the whole idea behind uh, ultra-low-cost carriers. You pay for what you want, and if you don't want something, you don't have to pay for it. And that's the whole kind of model. Do I have that correct? That's correct, yes. So tell me about your expansion out of Toronto now. I think that's very exciting. Um, you know, there's a, it's, it's, I almost call Toronto like the hub of Canada because there's so many flights that go in and out of there. So that's got to be very exciting for you too, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, well, it's not just Toronto. We've got, uh, we'll, we're on sale now with 10 destinations coast to coast, right from Victoria all the way across to uh, uh, St. John's. So uh, we've got a, a really well-developed network so people can fly um, right across the country on Lynx Air once we start flying uh, on the 7th of April. But yeah, Toronto is a big hub, Vancouver is a big hub and Calgary is a big hub. So you've got those three big hubs. You also fly out of uh, what airports? 
So uh, starting from from the west, we it's Victoria, Vancouver, Kelowna, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, uh, Toronto, Pearson, Toronto and Hamilton, uh, Halifax and St. John's. So you are across the country. This is great. It always gives uh, people more options, more uh, things to do when flying. Is it just domestic flights for now? It is domestic for now for a couple of reasons. Firstly, you know, we're just a a new airline. We're starting up, so we want to make sure that we get uh, everything right before we add more complexity to our operations. And flying transporter and internationally is a little bit more complex. But also, probably more importantly, the demand, primary demand is, I I believe, still domestic because of um, concerns, even though the government is reducing uh, restrictions on travel internationally, uh, I think that Canadians are still pretty keen to travel domestically, and that's where the main demand is. So Mm -hmm. we're uh, focused on domestic initially, and then perhaps uh, in about six months' time, we'll start to look at transborder and then ultimately international. But what we will be encouraging people to do is is create their own itineraries. So, you know, they may, uh, particularly if they're flying internationally, they may want to fly on us domestically to get to an international uh, airport that they can fly out of Mm -hmm. uh, and so that they can um, create their own itineraries, perhaps using the the lower fares on the shorter domestic sectors so that they can save money for uh, maybe a little bit more comfort on the international airlines. Well, it all sounds very exciting. People can uh, go on flylinks.com and, uh, you know, you can book in. You can book now for future flights, obviously, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And by summer, we will be operating nearly 150 flights per week, which is over 27,000 seats. So we're, we're going to be growing rapidly. So you can get on flylinks.com and you can book one of those seats uh, now for uh, the next few months or for the summer period. Sounds great. Maren MacArthur is the CEO of Lynx Air. Again, flylinks.com is the website. Uh, thanks for your time, Maren. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, Randy. Really, really enjoyed the chat. Well, Memphis, Tennessee has always been a hot spot for music lovers and Elvis fans. And one place to stay located right in the heart of all the action in downtown Memphis is the Hyatt-centric Beale Street, Memphis. So joining us now from Memphis is Nick Janicek. He is the Area Director of Sales, Marketing and Events for the Hyatt-centric Beale Street, Memphis. Hyatt.com is their website. Hi, Nick. Hey, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Tell me about the Hyatt-centric Beale Street, Memphis, where it's located, how long you've been around. I've never been to Memphis, so tell me about it a bit. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our property, we actually uh, are coming up on a year. We opened April 15th of 2021. Uh, We are the first and only hotel actually on uh, world-famous Beale Street. So very um, exciting um, addition to the the downtown Memphis area, and very excited to to debut this Hyatt brand um, here in downtown. Um, you know, with our location at at Beale and Front, we also, beyond being uh, able to be a quick walk over to Beale, also right there at uh, all the culture and entertainment from South Main, and then we are also located right on the Mississippi River. So. All the walkability, plus all of the great views of the river um, and mighty lights on uh, the Hernando de Soto. So uh, a fantastic location, and we're excited to be part of downtown Memphis. Well, it does sound exciting. I get the impression that Beale Street is is very vibrant and has a lot of things going on. Is that true? 
Absolutely. It's really the heart um, of of Memphis, of live music all up and down the street, just some very great um, eclectic shops as well as fun bars, restaurants um, uh, from, you know, a, uh, a, a local uh, standard of B.B. King's over to the, the great patio of, of Silky uh, O'Sullivan's and beyond, you know, definitely something for uh, for everyone, especially if you're, you're into live music and uh, blues and jazz. That's where that, that's the place to be. So tell me about the rooms, types of rooms that you offer, uh, different amenities available and, and what your guests can enjoy while they're uh, staying at your hotel. Yeah, absolutely. You know, our hotel was really built to reflect the the history and the vibrancy and, um, you know, the future of Memphis. You, as you, you go through our hotel and, and you're in your guest rooms, nods to, to the city all over. One of my favorite features in our um, King guest rooms is actually um, our open shower uh, glass walls that are really what I call the bucket list of Memphis. Um, uh, phenomenal etched glass. There's just a bunch of different things that represent the town and, and places you need to see. Um, with where we sit, we're actually connected into the William C. Ellison Sons Iron Workshop um, that was actually constructed in 1879 and has a huge uh, family-owned company history in the city of Memphis. And we've really taken a lot of the, a, a lot of the industrial side and, and history of that and a lot of the artwork um, uh, and a lot of the inspirations of the building itself. Uh, with our location uh, being right on the river, we are actually able to uh, say that we do have in our lobby level restaurant, Seamus, the only downtown riverfront restaurant, um, phenomenal views of the river, also alfresco patio dining. Um, and then uh, if you make it up to the eighth floor, beck and call our rooftop lounge, the only unobstructed uh, river views in the city of Memphis, phenomenal patio up there, some great uh, craft cocktails using a lot of local um, distilleries as well as some great beers from our local breweries. You know, And then we also do have our pool deck for, uh, for the summers if you just want to relax. Resort-style pool overlooking uh, the Mississippi as well. Private cabanas for rent, poolside food and beverage service. Just really a fun spot to relax after a, a day of exploring the city. Well, it does sound uh, all fabulous. you got some photos on your website. It's uh, Hyatt.com, and then you just have to kind of uh, search for the Hyatt-centric Beale Street Memphis. You'll find it. The pool looks amazing. you got a spa or a, a workout room, so you can get a little exercise if you want. Uh, there's lots of things going on. Tell me about the restaurants, though. Seamus is our uh, lobby-level restaurant. Um, it's dinner only. It's really a, a unique concept that's um, taking a lot of the uh, Latin American, um, you know, influence that has um, a history all through the Delta, but taking those ingredients or those ingredients and really looking at it through a, a Southern lens and Southern-style cooking to create, you know, just a really um, unique concept uh, for dinner, and then uh, also some great options for for weekend brunch as well. Um, and then upstairs, beck and call is really what what I call beverage forward. Um, it's all about <laughs> the cocktail first, which which I love. Um, it, it definitely lends itself to the perfect place to grab a a, a great uh, old fashioned and just sit on the patio and watch. Uh, the, the sunset over the river, but also some great small bites and, and tapas up there to uh, soak up some of that uh, that old Dominic whiskey. <laughs> you had me at uh, cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just sounds like a, a great uh, place to stay, right on the right in the heart of Memphis. Uh, tell me about some of the events that might be coming up uh, in Memphis that people might want to uh, uh, visit for. 
Yeah, the next big one we've got coming up, we're very excited about every year, Memphis in May. Um, we're coming back in, in full force this year, um, coming out of the pandemic, and, and are really excited about that. Um, includes the Beale Street Music Festival um, happening that last weekend of April, first weekend of May, and then the World's Barbecue Contest coming back um, uh, full force this year as well. Um, we were actually just uh, the city of Memphis itself um, was just featured uh, on Afar.com as one of the um, uh, best cities to visit in the month of May, specifically because of this festival. Um, so they're very big. We're very excited to have it back. And then as we look through the rest of the year, um, of course, everyone always gets excited about Elvis Week uh, coming up in August. Um, really a, a dedication to all things Elvis, the 50, 45th sorry, anniversary um, for for that festival and um, has always had a great international draw. So with everything kind of opening back up, we're, we're excited to welcome our international friends back and really have a good time. Well, it sounds like it. Uh, how hot does it get in the summer, though? You know, it gets a little <laughs> warm, um, uh, you know, um, but uh, being out on the river um, and, and being this close to the river, you, you do always get a great breeze to help to help cool it down. But uh, it's definitely not one of the cities in the summer where you need to pack uh, your parka. Um, just come in your shorts and your T-shirts and you'll be fine. Well, you can pack lightly. I like that. Uh, anything else I might have missed that uh, people should know? You know, really just uh, it's an exciting time here in, in Memphis. And, you know, we've got a lot going on uh, downtown. Everybody's excited that everything is opened back up. Um, and really there's, there's something for everyone from, um, you know, great barbecue from Rendezvous or Central uh, Barbecue here downtown or a lot of the culture from the, the Blues Hall of Fame or You've got Graceland, all of that. So just a little bit of a little bit of something for everybody, and we're excited to welcome um, everybody back into town. I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, if I have to try uh, one dish in Memphis, what should I try? Uh, it goes back and forth on whether you like Rendezvous or or Central. They're both about their ribs, but uh, I'm a Rendezvous guy, and they're dry rub ribs. Ah, very good. Uh, Nick Janicek is the area director of sales and marketing and events for the Hyatt-centric Beale Street Memphis. Uh, you can catch more information on the Hyatt website, Hyatt.com. Sounds like it'd be a fun time to visit Memphis, that's for sure. Thanks, Nick. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Costa Rica has always been a popular vacation location for many people, and there's a newer development that has grown over the past few years known as Las Catalinas. So joining us now to tell us more about the area of Las Catalinas and visiting there is Brian Funsick. He is the Director of Residential Sales for Las Catalinas. The website is lascatalinascr.com. Hi, Brian. Hey, how's it going? It's going very well. Tell me about the area in general of Las Catalinas. Yeah, so Las Catalinas is a, a new town that we're in the process of building and developing here in the northern Guanacaste region of Costa Rica, right on the beach. Um, you know, we're trying to build our little slice of paradise, and so for me that always includes the ocean. So we've got a beautiful Pacific Ocean, a couple beaches, Playa Danta and Dantita right here on our property. Um, great for snorkeling and boogie boarding and paddle boarding and uh, uh, you know, a little bit of surfing and better surf nearby, which is nice, uh, a quick 10 minute drive away. And, uh, and then on the other side of town, we've got a 1200 acre preserve, uh, where we have about 40 kilometers of mountain biking and hiking trails that are, 
I mean, in my mind, they're world class. I'm, I haven't been too many other places mountain biking, but I started doing it here, and I'm, I'm absolutely hooked. I already got in about a about a 15 mile ride this morning before work, um, and so that whole nature preserve will will continue to be here even as town grows, because the the type of town that we're building is very different from what most people are used to, and most of what has been the standard here in I would say this hemisphere over the last century. Uh, which is really urban sprawl, which is you know what that's what I grew up in back in South Carolina, and everything in urban sprawl communities are very automobile dependent. So it's kind of the assumption that anytime you go do anything, you're going to get in your car to go do that. Mm. Whereas Las Las Carolinas is being designed more as a, a you know completely as a, a car free town, so that when you're here, you know I was able to go mountain biking this morning, go grab breakfast in my favorite restaurant. Uh, walk my son over to his preschool and drop him off at school and then walk you know, two minutes over to work and, and do that all without ever having to even see a car. Um, and so uh, you know, the nice thing about that is it's just more social. Like you meet people, people are more friendly. Uh, and it was a funny thing that happens when you, when you drive in a car where basically anybody else driving a car is your sworn enemy. <laughs> when you're on foot, <laughs> when you're on foot, people are just your neighbor. And, uh, and so I'd say that's kind of you know, the general just to what we're doing. Uh, it's very inspired, though, by you know, other towns that were built before cars even existed. So you'll see a lot of uh, uh, inspiration from places like Italy, France, Spain, you know, Greece, you know, parts of the Mediterranean that are really beautiful towns from thousands of years ago. Um, so we've taken a lot of lessons about what makes those places beautiful and uh, applied them here in our new growing town, uh, as well as with other modern amenities like reliable internet systems and wastewater treatment plants and stuff like that. Well, yeah, when you look on your website, lastcatalinascr.com, and look at the images, you do get sort of, a, there is a European flair in the architecture, but how, how many people live there? When you're talking about, you know, people don't really drive around there, uh, it's got to be a, a, a small, compact area, I would think. Yeah, it's very compact, uh, especially compared to you know anything that is more automobile centric. So we have 1,200 acres, uh, so that's about you know three mile, about two miles in every direction from where I'm sitting here on the beach to the north, to the east, and to the south. And because we're building it to be walkable at a higher density, of about 160 homes that we have, you know, either I'd say maybe 150 finished with another you know, 15 or 20 under construction in our first phase uh, in Beachtown, uh, we've that's all on an area of only about 20 acres, which is probably about the size of your local Walmart super parking lot. Um, and so within that 150 homes that are so that are finished now, we have about 150 full-time residents. Um, I live here with my wife and our two-year-old, uh, a lot of young families like me. And then we also have you know, quite a few people who are not quite retired, you know, empty nesters that come down three to four months out of the year. And uh, you know, everybody's real active and, you know, really enjoys kind of the community and the, the, uh, just how friendly everybody is, as opposed to what has been kind of the model in Costa Rica, which has been like the lonely castle on a hill, mm-hmm. which usually has beautiful views, but there's not, there's like no community whatsoever. Um, whereas, you know, our town is really focused on creating an environment where kids, where kids can have freedom, where, where people can meet other people. We had Costa Rica just uh, had a great soccer game against uh um, against uh, El Salvador a couple of days ago, and you know, have, we're watching that upstairs at one of the restaurants with mm-hmm. a bunch of the locals. So, uh, yeah, so it's a really nice environment, but it's still all happening in a, in a very small area. And you are open to visitors. It's not like you're secluded and you don't want people to come visit your area, right? Absolutely. That's you know, I'd say it, probably the, you know 
unique to Las Calinas when you compare us with other you know, typical developments in our area of this scope. Uh, most developments, kind of the business model is exclusivity, where you have a big gate and security and you kind of try to keep everybody that's not staying there out and try to keep everybody that is staying there in, whereas we have you know, more of an open borders policy, still very great security, which is helps by the fact that it's a small area that we're trying to secure and there's no cars. Um, but we actually encourage people from the local community to come out, rent a bike, ride on the trails, eat at the restaurants, shop in the grocery stores, uh, you know, get a massage at the spa um, for multiple reasons. One that obviously helps support those businesses, which are you know, great amenities for people like us who live here. Mm-hmm. But, but it also just creates a more interesting ebb and flow of visitors. So you'll have a variety of people living here, people that are here on vacation for a week. You know, right now it's spring break, so we got a lot of week-long rentals here. Um, but even just this morning, my friends that came mountain biking with me, you know, one of them lives here on site and works here at a bike shop. The other two live 10 minutes, 15 minutes down the road. And so they drive in, ride with me, and, and grab a coffee and, and then head back to the local community. And it's also nice because even for us who are here, I can go two or three days without having to leave. But, yeah, after a while, the, the eight restaurants or seven restaurants that we have start to get old. There's <laughs> really great restaurants and a brewery and some other great things to do, just you know, a 10-minute car ride down the road. So tell me where you're located and what's the easiest way of getting there? Yeah, so we are the northwest coast of uh, Costa Rica in the Guanacaste province. Uh, and the easiest way to come internationally is to fly through the International Liberia Air- Airport. It's LIR if you're searching online. And uh, that's only about a 45, 50-minute drive from the airport to where we are. So, you know, easy, straight shot, you know, paved roads. There's one river you get to cross through, but other than that, it's paved the whole way. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, uh, and then again, once you're here, there's not much driving to do. And Liberia Airport has direct flights all over the country in the U.S., you know, from Los Angeles, New York, Houston, you know, pretty much all the major hubs that have direct flights, and they continue to increase every year as the popularity of our area is increasing. Well, and the word that comes to mind when you're uh, talking about all this is relaxation. Like, wow, if you really wanted to relax and unwind, this is a, a great uh, a choice, isn't it? 100 percent. You know, uh, uh, they definitely in Costa Rica, you'll hear them say, you know, it's almost like a national slogan is Puerto Vida, which you know, translates literally to pure life. But, they, you know, they use it to say hello, goodbye, relax, don't worry, lacuna matata. You know, it can kind of you know, be the response to almost any question. Uh, and another word that you'll hear almost as often that until I came here, I didn't really appreciate was tranquilo, tranquilo, which is you know, like tranquil. Mm. Uh, and so it's just a slower pace. You know, people are a little bit less stressed. You know, I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, which is a pretty laid back, you know, you know, it's the South. Everybody's pretty friendly. But even compared to, to here, it's still, you know, it's still kind of a fast pace. And I love that uh, you know, there's just, I feel like, a, a slower pace to life here. Not that I don't get a lot done, but uh, there's not that constant pressure that you sometimes feel in you know, a big city. And there's lots of different accommodation options as well. You mentioned there's you know uh, rentals and those types of things, but there's hotels and, and all kinds of options, really. Absolutely. And, and you know, continuing as we grow, those options only increase. Uh, right now we've got you know, the homes and the, and the flats, which you can rent you know, through our rental company here in-house, Beachtown Travel. Uh, as well as some people manage their own on Airbnb. We also have uh, two hotels. There's Casa Chameleon, which is a really nice, uh, fancy, um, uh, really high-end hotel with just jaw-dropping views, great restaurant. Uh, and then we also have the Santa Reina Hotel, which is right here kind of in the heart of town in the little market plaza that we have. 
Uh, and then there's also uh, the Posada San Rafael, which is a beautiful bed and breakfast, uh, kind of Guatemala-inspired with lots of beautiful antiques that's beachfront. Um, so th- you know, those are just some of the options that we have now, and you know, there's more stuff, lot, lots, lots more under construction as we speak. Well, it sounds like an absolutely fantastic place to visit. It's Las Las Catalinas, easy for me to say, in Costa Rica. You can uh, see more information at lascatalinascr.com. And Brian Funsick is the Director of Residential Sales for Las Catalinas. It was uh, great chatting with you, Brian. Thank you. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having me on. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website, theinformedtraveler.org. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know, leave a review, tell a friend, or you can drop me a line. My email is randy at theinformedtraveler.org. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler or follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.org.